And welcome back to the Heralds of Minrek Battleborn podcast. I'm Steven. I'm Ryan. And this is the two-time sidekick edition of the podcast. Episode 8 for those of you keeping track. Yay! Episode number 8. So, Ryan, how's your week been? My week and a half since the last time we have is recorded has been wild and crazy and intense. And unfortunately not filled with nearly enough Battleborn. I couldn't agree more because mine has been pretty much the same. Coming off a pretty big Halloween weekend. Not having a whole lot of free time. Glad yeah. glad to get back in the seat again. Yeah. Well, I will say that I am officially coming back after a short hiatus from Battleborn. I decided uh, after finishing Atticus and the Thrall Rebellion with characters 1 through 29... I needed a little bit of a break. Yeah, uh, that was a bit of a grind because I did the same thing and I needed, uh, it was a breather that I really didn't have a choice in taking, but I am also kind of glad that I was able to step away just, just briefly and have have some free time to sleep. Yes, word to the sleeping. I actually... Because I've been working so hard at grinding out skins for each and every character, I still have not had a chance to get in and play any more face-off, which I'm hoping to remedy at some point this weekend, considering it's a special event weekend. Yeah, so double special event, actually. Double special event. Two times the sidekick, two times the fun. Two times the experience, because that's one of the special things about this weekend. The other thing is that the devs have extended the Chaos Rumble to this weekend as well. So so potentially five times the sidekick edition. Five times the two times the sidekick edition. That's ten times. Squared. Sounds squared. R squared. Wait, no. Crap. Math. Pi squared. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm... I'm really hoping to get back into face-off as well. I did get in a couple more games, like, right after I finished the Thrall Rebellion with Kid Ultra. Had a little bit more time, so I'm like, you know what, I'll go ahead and queue up for a couple of face-off games. Uh, just so I could, you know, get see what see more of what that whole whole game mode is like. And it's a bit more... It's a bit more team-reliant than I feel most of the other game types are. Because in, in a bad way or a good way? No, in a good way. Uh, helps promote that uh, team coordination. Because in, like, Incursion or Meltdown, sometimes even if you're, uh, you know, kind of a mismatched team or, you know, somebody's not really paying attention you know you can kind of split off and go and do other things and still you know manage to pull it through Um, but in face off it it requires again from my experience it seems to require a lot more focus on staying together and at least acting more as a team uh I guess, to put it simply, there's no jungle, quote-unquote, position 
uh, in face-off because so if you're caught by yourself... So basically you're saying you get no free roam capability. Yeah, it's um, you really want to make sure you're practicing the buddy system when you're playing face-off because uh, there are so many times that I kind of... I would go off on my own because that's what I'm used to. It's like, oh yeah, I can... I can go off and do something real, you know, I can go take this point by myself while everybody else is focused on that. And then here comes somebody from the other team or two somebodies in most cases. And they just wiped the floor with me every time. Uh, it wasn't until about the second game that I figured it out. It's like, yeah, I really shouldn't be, you know, lone wolfing it. I really need to stay with my team and support them However, my character is designed to support, you right. know, with whoever I'm playing as. Right. So. And I'll say that, you know, this game has brought me back into the mindset of the full-on team cooperative game. You know, after years of playing team-based games, everything from shooters to MOBAs to, I mean, you name it. Memorpigas? Memorpigas. If it existed as a team game, I was used to loud car noises. I was used to having to not only be good at what I was doing, but be able to be even better at what I was doing to compensate for the people on my team who were garbage. And even when this game first came out, you know, you and I both had games where it was it was tough being the only person with a brain cell on your team because as a new take on a genre to a community that doesn't necessarily play a whole lot of team games where team play actually matters to the full yeah. Yeah. capable uh, is a little bit of a hard adjustment. And I I know what you're saying, man. Yeah. So, I mean, but it was still overall, even the losing games were still fun trying to, you know, compete for taking out the big boss, trying to you know, backhack them while they're focused on it. Right. Or whatever. What, whatever happens to be happening. It's, it's really fun disrupting somebody during a mask turn into with a quick melee. Oh, yes. Uh, that was one thing I got really good at as Shane and Oryx. Because when you're turning in masks, you cannot move at all. So, big, big old target on the back of your head. And I took advantage of that so many times. But I also kind of found my own way around it as Shane and Oryx. When I got a high enough level, I took that extended stealth strike duration. And whenever I needed to turn in masks, I would trigger the stealth strike and then immediately start turning in masks. So that way, yeah, they could probably still see me, but I wasn't a totally visible target for them to hit. Right. Now, how many how many seconds of visibility time did you have if you did it that way? Like, at the point where your stealth strike wore off? Um, you know, I can't really recall, but it was very little, very little actual visibility time. I want to say that I was invisible for the entire duration of the turn-in, but that might not be accurate. Regardless, it's that like I was invisible. Yeah, that was I was invisible long enough to turn in my masks uh, without being a target 
the entire time because there were times when I would see like an Ombra or you know whatever the other team had to throw at me I would see them show up and they would be kind of looking around a little bit and because I was hugging so close to the the turn-in point the little beam from the turn-in wasn't as visible right so you know I I I tried my best to make myself as invisible as possible uh, because of how many times the opposite happened where it's like, I've got a big turn in, but now I've got everybody and their uncle trying to, trying to wreck my face. Right. Now, I'm thinking something that this game mode is going to bring out a little bit is alternate builds for certain characters. Like, you know, normally you look at a helix tree, and any time you see something like uh, a skill gaining some sort of push effect, or some sort of, you know, movement-based addition to the base skill, usually, depending on the character you're playing, you have about a 50-50 chance of actually picking it. Maybe less right. a mutator, maybe even more still, a closer to 0% chance of taking it if it's something that augments for only, like, a lore challenge. You know, like, say, Orendi's push, so that you can push people into Shadowfire Pillars. You know, overall, yeah. it's not very widely picked in regular PvP modes like Meltdown, Incursion, and Capture. But it yeah, seems because to the me, blind is more valuable. Right. But it seems to me, like, in Face-Off, I'd rather have a push than a blind. Just because yeah. it can be used to completely and totally disrupt a turn-in attempt and therefore no. prevent extra score. No, I would Maybe totally agree with you. Maybe even into the pit of despair. <laughs> if there were such a thing, which I'm sure there is somewhere. No, I would actually completely agree with you that a lot of a lot of times I, like you said, you know, you'll go for the other other CC that's not as uh, movement based, like the blinds or the stuns. Whereas you know this one, if you have a push a knockback or a pull, uh, those, I can see them being a lot more valuable for those clinch uh, disruptions on the mask turn-ins. Yeah. I could totally I'm see gonna, you know, I'm a lot of wager, choices being varied. I'm going to wager I'm still going to play Toby the same and use Vortex Mines to just oh, yeah. completely and totally disrupt everybody. Right, but... I feel like you maybe play Toby a little bit different than most people. Because I would agree. For me, I tend to lean towards the stun for his mines. But again, for this game mode, the pullback, you know, if you launch it behind them while they're trying to turn in, again, that would be, I would find that more valuable uh, just because it, it immediately disrupts them whereas I'm not I mean I'm pretty sure the stun would disrupt them but they're also right there again so that they can start turning in but if they have to get back up there even if it only takes them a few seconds that's you know that well, could be the enough thing about the, the thing about the disruptor mine the vortex one is that it's a continuous effect while it's in play so they would have to turn destroy, destroy the mine it. while being yeah. tossed around and shot at by god only knows how many people besides toby 
But then yeah. there's the fact that in order to not be tossed around so that they can turn in again, you have to locate and destroy the mine. And then if you take the uh, area of effect increase on those it mines, can be further that away. field is ridiculous. The number of times I've caught Benedicts between two of my mines to the point where he can't freaking move has been hilarious. Mm. That kind of that actually reminds me of something else from the battle plan is they've released a, a a little handful of new skins and a couple of new taunts. Um Benedict having one of the more interesting really skins. It's called Thunderbird. Oh god. It's it's majestic, but also his taunt is pretty darn cool. Uh I would definitely suggest ch checking it out cuz those are pretty cool. Also, Ernest got a new taunt, and it makes me laugh every time I watch it. So, I may or may not be buying that for Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see this, because I haven't been on since those hit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hold out on any more taunts, since I bought the Tracer Foxtrot taunt. And uh, uh -huh. I'm going to wait confirmed. and see. Right, not confirmed, sure. I want to wait and see what taunts come as part of the Toby Friendship Raid, because if they're anything right. as good as the Atticus and the Thrall Rebellion taunts, hello, Oscar Mike, uh, Air Amp Guitar, damage. and yeah. everything else that came with that. Um, the the Devourer Belly. No, it was the Deandy taunt that really sold me. It's yes. Like that, oh. Yeah. If the taunts come really out like anything that like that, then well, and they're also... I will not need to be spending platinum for now. Right. Well, and they're also going to release an, some more taunts and skins with, in addition to the Toby story op. Right. Super excited for all the new taunts that keep coming out, especially since they keep getting better and better. And the fact that they're bringing in other references for taunt material. Again, the unconfirmed Tracer Foxtrot. Yeah. Uh, no. I, I, I just I look forward to everything else that they're going to be doing. And I'm assuming we're going to start seeing more and more of the uh, higher tier skin drops. Yeah, like the ones from the, from the Atticus Rebellion, because those... Okay, so first of all, the 40-point ops points taunts, the tier 1 taunts, or not taunts, skins, if you will, those skins are phenomenal uh i agree love the color scheme that they went with for it and it looks good on 75 percent of the battleborn yeah especially going back to shane and oryx's 40 point skin was the first one that like really made oryx scarily intimidating Again, I think I may have said it the last time. It's like, he's always been intimidating as, you know, this giant, you know, rock monster genie type thing. But just the color scheme just kind of made me afraid of him. Yeah. And then yeah. the 85 points are just a nice... I just, I really like the color schemes for, again, they majority look of them. amazing. Yeah. Totally. Even though some um, of them are just slight color alterations off of the gold skin for the characters, um, one character—it's enough. One character that I absolutely was just in awe of the 85-point skin was Boulder. 
of all mm-hmm. characters. It just looks phenomenal. Like yeah. you, they could have charged, they could have charged probably a few hundred plat for a skin like that if they would have released it as a normal store purchase. Right, totally. And I'm pretty sure you did the same thing. When I was going through collecting them all, after I would collect one, I would go and set it as my default skin for that character and just have a gallery of awesome when I'm going through and looking at all my battle boards. That's exactly how mine looks right now. In fact, I'm I'm not looking forward to the grind I'm going to have to do for the next story up when it drops. Um, yeah. <laughs> although but it'll it, be it depends. fun. It depends. It'll still be fun because I had a lot of fun doing the solo runs just to experiment. Um, yeah. In fact, let's let's talk real quick about strategy for the Thrall Rebellion runs. Specifically, specifically, let's talk melee characters. Even more specifically, <laughs> let's talk about there. how much Gearbox hates Eldragon. <laughs> oh come on, it wasn't that bad. No, yes, it wasn't it was. that. It was that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It was worse. You're correct. No. Um, yeah, I remember we tried to run a melee run, and it did not go well with me playing Eldragon. It it was it was quite quite the fiasco. Um, but then again, I kind of feel like it would be that way. Actually, no, I can kind of confirm that it is that way with a majority of the melee characters, unless you have a competent team of two other people uh the melee characters it's really hard to get through the thrall rebellion with some exceptions uh boulder galilea atticus and even montana to a certain point uh he's not he's not melee though i don't know why i threw montana in there who am i thinking shannon arcs shannon arcs thank you Because they totally look uh, alike. They're the same person. <laughs> Rock monster and everything. Rock um, monster and I think I threw Montana in there because I'm thinking of someone who's going to be taking a lot of damage um, as Probably. opposed to pure melee. Uh, but all of those runs were solid runs. Super easy. Died once or oh, twice yeah. and that's it. Um, I think I threw Montana in there because with the exception of his added damage from Hailstorm, his only... His only damage output is the minigun, which does, you know, pretty pitiful damage unless you're hitting crit spots the whole time, or his super flick. And I think <laughs> I ended up killing a lot of things with the super flick just because I would dash in on them, pounce them up, and then go for the crit flick. Right. So I played him yeah, kind I... of like a melee character. <laughs> See, I did the opposite. I played him far back. Uh, one of my first Helix choices was to take the increased accuracy when Hailstorm is active. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, let's see, that, in addition to the overheating, uh, gives you life, uh, more health regen, and the increased damage reduction when Hailstorm is active made the final boss a pretty simple run for me. Wasn't yeah. I mean for me it wasn't too difficult. Um, I would like to comment on one of the funnier things that I did with Whiskey Fox when I did his run. Go on. You have my is, attention. Uh, 
And I, I, I'm pretty sure I told you about this, but later on in the Helix choices, you can take 100% shield penetration when you're in overdrive mode. So I went ahead and took that, and I was not able to destroy all of the shield pylons before Arya got her shield. So she was at full shield. I was tired. That was my last run for the night. So I went ahead and just hit it into overdrive mode and then just unloaded point blank at her. And I knocked her down to her next stage without even touching her shield. And then she started the last fight with her little minion uh, at full shields, you know... And it made it less, a little bit less fun, but it was just a funny experience right. that I was literally, I totally circumvented the, the her shields simply because I didn't really want to deal with it. Right, not a bad decision at all. <laughs> yeah. But overall, had fun with the Thrall Rebellion. I think, I think for Toby, I might slow down a bit on the grinding of everything. Uh, just, just so that it's it doesn't wear on me so much. Yeah, I think I might do like you know grind out a character, then jump into face off or incursion or something like that, you know, and then maybe do a couple of games with that, and then if I have time, you know, go back and do one more story op run. Because uh, yeah, it did. It did get kind of grindy, and then there were those few characters where I needed a I needed a competent team, and I couldn't find it, so I had to run it solo. <laughs> so, so I had to run it solo with characters that were not meant to be played as a single character. Yeah, like Reyna. Uh, talk about difficulty that, runs. Oh man. Yeah. It took me six tries before I was finally able to beat the Thrall Rebellion as Reyna. Yeah, and and the the crazy thing is too, like I'm a decent Reyna player, and I struggled that run. I well, and let me preface this a little bit here. That was my first hundred point run. I did not know what I was getting into by getting to 100 points as opposed to taking 85 and just cutting out with that. You fool. You foolish um, fool. That was... A nightmare. That was I rough. It was I rough. did the 85-point run with Reyna. Um, yeah, yeah, for I good reason. I, I, I could not deal with that at 100 points. I died so many times as Reyna. Did figure out a few cool things about Reyna and the final boss is that her photonic ward will block the lightning spears that Arya shoots out. Which is epic. Yeah, I dodged a couple of near-death moments because of that. But yeah, still overall had fun. Had fun hunting down all the little spots where the op points were. Yep, I can pretty, pretty reasonably guarantee that if I run it again, I will get between... 97 and 100 ops points every run without really having to look too hard. Yeah. 
Well, and the other thing that I figured out is that there's a maximum of seven ops points that can spawn in the first cityscape area. So, yeah, usually it's six, but I've seen, I have seen seven because I ran through, got six, ran through, got three in the second zone or the third zone. And then I was scouring for that last one and then decided to go back to the city area and double check a couple of spots. And sure enough, there it was. So, yep. Word to the wise, keep your eyes open. And there's a couple places where it'll be right there in the open and you'll just completely miss it yeah. too. So, oh yeah. Just take your time if you're doing like a last minute scour through before moving on to like the next section. So, yeah, one of the one of my run-throughs I was on with a team of a marquee and a whiskey fox and they were going for a 100-point run and we they could not find that last point to save their lives. So, I mean, obviously I'm helping them run around and find it and then I finally found it again is in a, you know, in the normal chest and out in the open not hiding just we ran past it three or four times before we finally found the darn thing. Yeah. And that, so. that final hill, uh, it's quite the test. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. So is fighting, killing elite bots with a skill as Reyna. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't them. It was kill a bulwark bot in the rally beacon section. Kill one of those with a skill as Reyna. I managed to do it. Not gonna tell y'all how. <laughs> Go figure it I'm out. Magical. <laughs> Jumping back to the battle plan real quick. There's just a couple of hot fixes. Uh, they made a few changes to 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 face off. My favorite. Um, all face off buildables have a 10 second cooldown after being destroyed before they can be purchased again. They increased the cost of the Varelsi, the Tier 2 and Tier 3 Varelsi spawner, spawners. spawners, spawners, the Tier 2s from 300 shards to 400, and the Tier 3 is from 400 to 600. I mean, I'm not too sure why they did this, because um, I haven't played face-off enough to... To be able to see what well, the importance of this is. I think is. I get it. Because uh-huh. originally what you could do is sit there and clear the Varelsi and immediately spawn in more Varelsi. So right. they put in the delay timer to make sure that doesn't happen. And then as the game gets further and further along, it's going to be more and more costly to... To activate the spawners. To activate the spawners, especially in succession. So yeah. I think it was more of a pacing change to the overall game mode than anything. Um, Probably. I don't know about you, but it, I run free stuff a lot. A lot for face-off. The one yeah. game I've played. <laughs> all one of them. All one of them. But it was a really yeah. good all one of it. <laughs> well, but I do remember in that game that we played, we noticed that the other team had like completely out-leveled us like by halfway through the game yeah. and yeah. thinking about it 
this is probably one of the reasons why. Because they're getting experience from killing the Varelsi, then they're also getting more experience from buying, you know, restarting the spawners, and then, you know, wiping them out, and then doing that again. It's like, that's a good way to build up masks, and if you have a free shard generator, it's not outside the realm of affordability. So, I... That may be why, maybe some other reasons, uh, but I would agree with you that pacing and probably levely, level pacing is, is the reason why they've done this. Well, I imagine uh, with the way it was before, if everybody's running free shard generation, maybe a building cost reducer to add to that, you could have your whole team standing around one spawner and just everybody's alternating who activates it, and so your entire team just power levels. Yeah. Or you could split off, have three at one and two at the other, and just right. tag team it until you hit level five and then go in and just wreck face. But uh, that's just our theory on it, as people who have hardly ever actually played the game. The face-off game, that is. Right. right. Be <laughs> so, theorized upon. So yeah, that I mean, and then there's a bit of lore uh about an LLC convoy in a certain area. I love the presentation. Yeah. Well, it's the same presentation that they used for one of Reina's uh lore challenges. Her top left one had a similar forum post uh, right? with some of these same uh, forum posters. Uh, so yeah, it was it was pretty... I liked it. I, li- I, I do agree. I do like the way they presented it. It was fun. The Tobester. Yep, and I just... I'm super happy that they're really having fun putting out lore... As well mm-hmm. as just flavoring the lore, completely dependent on what's coming up or what just happened, you know, character releases and whatnot, all tied into yeah. it. So helps keep the game fresh and right. fun. Right. So, and that does pretty much wrap up the battle plan. Yeah, we got the friendship raid. Cover. Oh yeah. Not just. Not just the, the Chaos Rumble and uh, Chaos Rumble, Double XP. You now everything cool going on this weekend. Next week, Next very week. interesting week Next because of Saturday. November twelfth. What's November twelfth, Stephen? Battleborn Day. Battleborn Day. I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope I actually get to play Battleborn right? on Battleborn Day. There's a big community push for November 12th to be the official Battleborn Day, so everybody needs to get online and play Battleborn on their respective system. Friends, singles, solo runs, whatever you want to do, just get on and play Battleborn. Get as much of the community active as we can. That's the goal. Yeah. Check Reddit. Check Twitter. There's posts everywhere about it now. It's difficult to avoid not reading about it if you're looking at anything Battleborn. On top of that, right. the devs are pushing it around a little bit. Um, another interesting announcement, the Gearbox team is actually going to be supporting local or player set-up tournaments. 
from now on, tournament yeah. organizers can apply for a series of shift codes that can be given out as part of participation prizes or even victory prizes to participants in Battleborn tournaments across different systems. Which is awesome. Yeah, pretty huge when you look at the history of game developers and uh, community-established competitive events and stuff like that. Like, this is yeah. just something that doesn't happen very much. Yeah, normally an event has to grow to this epic national, you know, proportions before the devs get involved in it. But they're just like, hey, if you're running an organized... Or yeah, if you're organizing a tournament, let us know. We can throw you some stuff. It'll be awesome. And I just, I really like the camaraderie that they're building with their community. They're not trying to be separated from them. They're trying to get as involved as possible. And almost every, it seems like every aspect of the community. Yep. And every one of the devs is very active on Twitter. Everybody on the Battleborn team. Yeah. So they're out there. They see everybody posting. They they see the requests of the community. I've seen them on Reddit. And just randomly pop in, throw down a couple of cents on a post, and just disappear into the neververse all over again. Into the ether. Into the ether. So, yeah. Getting excited. For Battleborn Day, excited for the friendship raid, excited, excited for, for Battleborn in general. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Another one I'm... of the new skins. Sorry, new skins is shiny. Uh, so everybody remembers, at least I hope they remember that they did that alternate history Wrath skin, as if Wrath had been an Eldred. Well, they they actually did that again uh, for Miko. If Miko was an LLC instead of Eldred, what? Yeah, looks. I need awesome. to get on. I need to get on right now. You need. <laughs> yeah, no. You should. You should make sure you take a look at that. Plus, the Miko taunt is also pretty. Pretty fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I forgot to mention that earlier. And I, then just, I remember. I love like, oh, that all these characters right. are still getting love. Yes, especially Miko. Like I like Miko. Haven't played Miko all that often, but I still, I still like the character. Probably one of the next characters I'm gonna try to finish lore on is Miko, just because I played the hell out of him during the beta, and then because of everything else available to me on full release, I just haven't touched him since. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm a bit of the same. I want to work on him, but I also want to work on other characters that are kind of outside my wheelhouse right. because I'm mostly a support healer character player except when I'm playing Shane and Arx. Uh but that's usually what I play as you know Alani Ombra, Nico Ernest and now Kid yes. Ultra and now, and now Kid Ultra I'm excited to play as him it's like, and all those are what I'm used to playing, but I'm also trying to branch out, play as other characters that I'm not used to, like Reyna or Isaac. Phoebe. The the Phoebes. The Phoebes. I did see her taunt. Her taunt's awesome. Yes. Yes, her taunt is pretty funny, too. 
trying to remember. There's there's a couple of others, but I can't remember what I can't remember whose they are. Yeah. Well, do we have anything else to wrap up in this one, or is that going to be it, man? Not really, unless you wanted to breeze over Kid Ultra. And if we do, this is not going to be a character deep dive. Neither not of us yet. have had enough play time as Kid Ultra to to be able to talk about him extensively. Yeah, but... I, had, I, I had the one run as him for Atticus and Thrall Rebellion to get his 85-point and 40-point skins. Other than that, I haven't had a chance to use him. Um, I'm not even going to pull up his abilities right now. I'm just going to say that the Bola throw is super uh -huh. cool. The oh, yeah. drones, from what I'm hearing, are kind of wonky when you're trying to get his lore achievement for direct impact on your teammates with the little drones. However, those yeah. drones are freaking cool. I agree. Um, his... His ultimate, I'm not entirely sure how it's going to work out playing multiplayer. Obviously, doing a solo story run, you don't really get to see anything it does. So, Yeah. Um, I think one thing that's going to be interesting about his ultimate will be his kind of get back into battle type of thing. So, you know, when you die and you respawn all the way back at the spawn point, you know, it... It takes you a little while to get back into the fray, um, but I think to the rescue is going to help him get back in with style, and also get back in and immediately help out his entire team right. uh, with a big old burst heal, even if it's not 100% necessary for the heal. His increased mobility will help him get back faster. And I just think it'll be, I think that's one of the the better points about his ultimate. Right, that and it does have the uh, offensive capability later on once you augment it. I do remember that. Yeah, and well, even at base, it does push back enemies. Right. Um, but then yes, one of the upgrades uh, allows you. I don't even know if it's an upgrade. Oh well, yeah, it's a helix choice. Allows you to uh, damage other or damage the enemy as well as heal with it right something i'm looking forward to testing out is i want to do a kid ultra and earnest combo and then go full attack damage attack speed and use nothing but his triple rocket because that uh -huh. thing hits super hard oh yeah and that is one thing i will kind of say about his basic attack is to me, they don't look like rockets. They look like energy blasts. Right, I felt like I was playing Alani. A little bit. I'm, I mean, if it's a rocket, it's a rocket. Maybe but it's just quote, rocket, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, that's a minor thing. But, yeah, overall, he's, he's interesting. I'm excited to get to play as him. See, see how he works with a team. Um, the bolas do look pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and I was uh, kind of, I was gleaming over his helix choices, and I saw some that just, if it works the way I think it works, it'll be awesome. It probably works the way you think it works because I've seen posts where people are calling for nerfs. 
So yeah, probably. But that's that new character smell too that has to wear off. So. Right. Right. Well, his dialogue was fun too. I will throw that out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, was having trouble finding the voice actor so that we could give him credit. Uh, it's not listed very well. Um, huh. let's see, I I started following the guy on Twitter though because I found him through a rabbit trail that I followed. So nice. Hold on, hold on one second. Sounds. He sounded kind of like the guy who voiced Robin on. Yeah, Teen that's Titans. that's one of the popular things I've seen, but it's I don't know if that not. is true because I searched that guy okay. and it's definitely not him. Darn. As cool well, as that would have been, right? Yeah, that would have been pretty cool, but matters not who it is. Alejandro Saab is the guy's name. At, okay. At Kagi Films, K A G G Y Films on Twitter if you want to follow him. Um, Alright then. I was trying to see, let's see. Yeah, I don't recognize any of the other stuff listed that he's done, but um, I, I don't need to know any of the other stuff because just his Kid Ultra work is awesome. Right. He did, like, I, I like Kid Ultra. The voice, the voice works. Right. For sure. Um, no, I'm looking for him. Anyway. Well, I think that wraps us up. Yeah, I'm willing to say so. All right. Well, as always, you can check us out on WordPress at heraldsofminrec.wordpress.com. Though I haven't updated the website at all. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Life has it's, been yeah. way too hectic to blog. It's it's still got a hundred percent more noir to it, but that's okay. And you can find me on Twitter at Azrim A Z R I M twenty X. And you can find my co host at Rhino Bacon. R H Y N O Bacon. Yeah. If you can't spell bacon, get out. <laughs> right. The border is and, south. Go. <laughs> or north, depending on where they're at. But then they have Canadian bacon. Exactly. So. That's why I didn't recommend less, the north Less of an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you can also email us at heraldsofminrec at gmail.com. And don't forget, at heraldsofminrec on Twitter as well. I try right. to post not only from my own account, but also from the Heralds of Minrec account. Mostly just having a lot all of fun. The twits. He's he's juggling all the twits twitters. Yep. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's it. That's a wrap. And go therefore and be a better sidekick. Be reborn as a wingman. A better sidekick. <laughs> a wingman. <laughs> Bravo, sir! I'm clapping for you right now and it's clipping fantastic. the mic while it I'm is doing fantastic. it. Fantastic. All right, y'all. Take care, see and we'll see you on time. the next episode, whenever that may be. <laughs>